Seriously, can we be honest in this series, right? Hey, welcome. Good to have all of you at all of our churches today. Uh, and if you're with us for the very first time, it is a great day for you to be here because we're going to get really real in this series about relationships. And for the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about this frustration that every one of us have felt in our lives at some point. And the truth is, most of us are probably feeling this frustration right now in this moment, maybe in a relationship. In fact, some of you maybe have never said this out loud, but you most likely have thought this at some point in your life. You thought, you drive me crazy. <laughs> Haven't we all pretty much thought that at some point in time? I mean, likely there is somebody in your home, in your workplace, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your small group, in your school, and that person just drives you crazy, right? Now, if you're sitting with them today, don't look at them. Don't point at them. It'll just make them crazier. But anyhow, see, the truth is, every one of us, we have somebody or a group of someones that just drive us crazy. So over the next few weeks, what I want to do is I want to unpack what Jesus has, says about our relationships and how to deal with crazy making in our relationships especially building on the last series where we talked about learning to live the unforced rhythms of grace that we can and that we need to learn from him when it comes to dealing with difficulty in our relationships. Because here's the thing, Jesus is very clear that there is a way to break out of the crazy-making cycle that most of us find ourselves in when we're in difficult relationships. But here's the thing, you and I, we don't understand how to do that because it's not intuitive. In other words, we don't really recognize the root of the problem of what is making our relationships crazy making. Now, when you think about the problem, most of the time what we think about is we think about the problem as a behavioral problem. That's why we always approach relationships problems either trying to change ourselves or trying to change the other person. So what we do is we come into a relationship, there's some kind of crazy making going on in the relationship, and we try to fix the outward behavior. But Jesus says, that's not the real problem. See, Jesus says, the real problem is an internal problem, it's a heart problem. Now, when we talk about the heart, the heart problem that we are going to be talking about for these next four weeks is this. We're talking about the part of us that we can't see, but it is the essence of who we are. See, our heart is the part that can make love so powerful, but can also make relationships so painful. Don't miss that. It's the part of our being that can make love so powerful, but can make relationships so painful. See, the heart is the core of our character. It's the core of our integrity. It's where you lead and live and laugh and you love and do life from. And it's what we're going to see is Jesus says that in our hearts is where the problem originates with our relationships. All the things that you wish that you could change about how you react to other people, they're not at their root behavior issues. They are heart issues. And so to change our crazy-making relationships, we have to change our hearts. Well, let, let me see if I can illustrate it this way. So this, prop, this, this is going to be our prop for this series right here. This container right here, it represents our heart. 
right? And it's filled with all these different colored bouncy balls. Not bubblegum, bouncy balls. So these bouncy balls, what they do is they represent all the different emotions that we have in our hearts. So you got some red, kind of like the anger side, the blue, the depression kind of side, the green, the envy or jealousy side. I mean, you get the, the idea. All of these balls represents all the different emotions that we carry. It's all the baggage we carry around in our heart from our real wounds and our perceived wounds. So for example, your dad wasn't always there. Matter of fact, he eventually up and left and he wasn't there at all. Or, or your mother wasn't always there. She didn't always have time for you and there was alcohol and there was drugs and there was money issues that created a lot of wounds in your heart. And then you had a friend that betrayed you. And then there's that ex that betrayed you. And they told you that you weren't good enough. They told you you weren't talented enough. They told you you weren't pretty enough. They told you you weren't special enough. And what has happened throughout your whole life, you focus your efforts on trying to keep all these emotions, all this baggage under control. And the problem is that hasn't always worked, has it? Because inevitably you have someone or these moments when someone kind of comes by and they bump into you and they emotionally trigger your wounds and you react. And you say and you do things in that moment that just stains your relationship with your parents or your siblings or your spouse or with your kids. And then something else happens. You let some more stuff spill out and it just stains your career and your relationship with all your coworkers or the people that you're in school with. Now, you think the problem is, is that those people, they created the conflict when they bumped into you. But here's the truth. The reason that emotions keep spilling out when people bump into you is that's what's in there. Wow, that was deep. We can go home now. <laughs> but here's, we're going to take it a lot deeper than this, right? So here's the deal. That's so important to recognize. See, all of that stuff that we have inside of us that we don't know is inside of us and we don't understand it's inside of us until somebody bumps into us and it triggers one of our wounds. And we start thinking, well, it's their fault. These people get on my nerves so bad if they just stop doing this, if they just start doing that, then all these feelings, they just wouldn't spill out all over the place. Or if they just quit saying this and be more like this and do less of this and be more like that and instead of doing all this, then all these emotions wouldn't keep spilling out. And then we think, they just drive me crazy. And so what we tend to do is we blame everybody else for all the things that come out of us. But here's what I'm gonna say this morning. Your spouse, your children, your coworkers, your friends, your neighbors, aren't the reason that all these emotions spill out when somebody bumps into you. See, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, they're not the reason that your emotions get out of control. They come out because that's what's inside of you. And relationships, especially those that you are closest to, your family, your friends, your coworkers, those that you're in school with, they have the ability to bump into you the hardest. And that's what brings them out. So here's the question. What do you do about this? Well, the answer is pretty simple. But it's something few of us 
are willing to lean in and do. Jesus says, we have to learn to pay attention to what's going on and happening inside our hearts. In fact, here is how Jesus says it in Matthew, verse chapter 15, beginning in verse 18. He says, but the things that come out of a person's mouth, where do they come from? Let's say at all of our campuses, they come from the heart. It's right here inside of you. He says, this is where all this stuff comes from. And these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. So what Jesus says, he says, your heart shapes how you think, it shapes what you do, and more importantly, it shapes how you react in every interaction. See, the truth is, your reactions show more about your heart than anything else. See, our actions that we can plan out, that we can kind of just say, okay, I got time to figure out how I'm going to act in this situation, they only tell part of the story of what's inside of us. Our reactions when people bump into us, when we hit events that aren't what we plan for or like, they tell the whole story of what's in our heart. There's something even deeper that Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, if we are not careful, we will create or allow unhealthy attachments to happen in our heart that can wreak havoc in our relationships. See, most of the time, though, we don't even know that we have these attachments that are happening in our heart. For example, we may make an attachment with hatred by allowing animosity, bitterness, or resentment to reside in our heart because of something that has maybe happened in a past relationship or something. And here's the thing. We don't see that by allowing these unresolved emotions to remain in our hearts that they start becoming attached to our hearts. And the truth is, if you allow any unhealthy emotion to reside in your heart, and we're going to see this in week three of this series, even for a minute, they begin to affect every area of your life. In fact, here's the thing. You will never have a mature love until you remove the attachments from your heart. You will never be able to understand love at the level that God wants you to understand it until you start removing these attachments, these agreements that you make with these emotions in your heart. So Jesus is helping us understand in these two verses, verses 18 and 19, that any emotion that you allow to attach to your heart, it's gonna leak into every area of your life and it's gonna keep spilling out every time somebody bumps into you. So how do you keep these unhealthy emotional attachments from happening in your life? Well, about a thousand years before Jesus, there was this guy who is considered to be pretty wise by the name of Solomon who understood this also. And Solomon addresses this issue. Listen to what he says here in the book of Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. He says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Solomon starts by saying, above all else, in other words, Solomon is saying, what I'm about to tell you is the most important thing that I've ever said, which is quite a statement coming from Solomon. 
I mean, this is a guy who wrote most all of the 31 chapters of Proverbs, and then he gives all this incredible wisdom about money and relationships and life. He wrote the Song of Solomon, which is about love, sex, and romance. So that's why teenagers love that book. And um, then he wrote Ecclesiastes, and he gives all this perspective about purpose and priorities in life. And then he says, despite all these things I've written, if there was one thing I could tell you, one thing, I would say this, above all else, guard your heart. Literally, you need to protect, you need to defend, you need to get all the harmful stuff out, you need to get all that toxic stuff out. Don't let it stay there. Get all that unhealthy emotions, get it out of there. Why? Because there's a lot of people who studied what happens when you have toxic relationships, when you allow toxic emotions to stay in your heart. And that is this, what's inside of you, it comes out of you in your relationships, especially the closest relationships, the most important relationships in your life. It comes out and it hurts them and it harms them. And if somebody asks you, hey, what's your plan? What's your strategy for guarding your heart? Most of us would go, I, I don't know. We don't really have a plan. And most of us don't think we need one because we believe uh, it's not my fault that the emotions get spilling out when other people bump into me. It's their fault. If they wouldn't do what they do, then the emotions wouldn't come out of me. They drive me crazy. Yeah, I know I've had the same problem with the last four people I worked with, the last four people I dated, the last four people I had for friends in school, the last four people or last small, four small groups that I was in. But if I could just find the right friends, if I could just get the right job with the right coworkers, if I could get the right someone who would not cause all these bad feelings to pour out of me, because I'm not to blame, they're to blame. But Solomon says, no, 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 no. That's not why these negative emotions keep coming out of you when people bump into you. Jesus says, no, 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 no. That's not why these negative emotions keep coming out of you when other people bumping into you. They keep coming out of you because if we could pour what's in your heart out, that's what would come out. It's why Solomon says, you've got to get good at guarding your heart and you've got to get great at monitoring what you allow to stay inside of you. Unfortunately, we're not very good at guarding our heart. What are we good at? We're good at monitoring other people's behavior. We're expert at looking at others and saying, you need to stop doing that. You need to start doing this, or why don't you do this, or why don't you quit that, or why don't you change that, or why don't you get better at, and oh, by the way, stop saying this and start saying this kind of stuff to me. See, all that stuff that we try to do to control other people or modify other people's behavior, Solomon says, that's not the problem. Jesus says, that's not the problem. And the reason that we do all that in our relationships is, see, we want our relationships to make us feel a certain way. Now, you may have never made a list. You may have never even thought through this. But we want our relationships to make us feel loved, appreciated, and valued. We want our relationships to make us feel respected and secure. This is why 
most of you got into the relationships you got into in the first place. It's because you want to feel loved, appreciated, valued, respected, and secure. You didn't get in the relationship you're in now because you wanted to make other people feel that way. You wanted to feel this way. And you, oh, that person can maybe do that for me. These friends can maybe do this for me. You want to feel competent and confident. You want to feel significant and important. You want to feel appreciated and accepted. See, these emotions are the kind of emotions that we are hoping to experience through our relationships. It's why you got in the relationship to begin with, right? That person made you feel some of these things and you don't want that emotion to stop. Now, here's the thing. You've probably never made this connection. But when other people's words or actions don't make you feel this way, you know what you do? You start monitoring their behavior. And then if it goes long enough that you're not feeling these emotions, you know what we do? We don't just monitor their behavior. We try to modify their behavior. We try to change their behavior so that we can feel these emotions that we want them to make us feel again. And let me just go ahead and say, if you're married or you're thinking about getting married, your greatest frustration and your greatest conflict in marriage happens when you begin to depend on your spouse to make you feel these emotions. See, because when you begin to depend on your spouse or when you begin to depend on anyone at an inappropriate level, it becomes codependency. But when we begin to depend on any person or spouse to make us feel a certain way, then what we do is we start treating our spouse or other people as if it is their obligation to make us feel loved, appreciated, and valued, respect, and secure, competent, and confident, significant, important, appreciated, and accepted. We make it feel like that it's their obligation. And when we don't feel those emotions, we blame the other person. It's their fault. If they would just stop saying, or if they would start saying, or, or if they would show me more respect, or if they would show more appreciation, or if they would show me more value, or if they would help me feel more important, or if they showed me more acceptance. I mean, if they would just stop doing certain things, start doing some things, then I would feel all these emotions that I want to feel. See, many of you have burnt bridges with people because they didn't make you feel what you wanted to feel. They weren't even capable of doing it in the first place, but you got angry and walked away from that relationship and you're still blaming them. See, here's what we don't understand. Relationships, they don't work well. No relationship works well where there is a sense of obligation. No, no person can meet all of your emotional needs. They can't meet your spiritual and emotional needs. And by the way, it's not even your job to determine which ones that they can meet. I mean, have you ever sat down with your boss or supervisor and say, hey, you need to make me feel more appreciated? <laughs> that, that's not really a boss problem. That, that's a, or you sat down with your spouse and you know, or your children, you need to make me feel more respected. You know, you need to show more respect. That's not really a child problem. That's a, right? Or are you sitting on your spouse? You need me to feel more loved and appreciated. That's not really a spouse problem. That's a heart problem. Now, here's the thing. I don't have time to prove this to you today, but I bet you know this from experience. 
your ability to consistently feel these kind of emotions, and it took me years to learn this, your ability to consistently feel these kind of emotions is not the result of other people's behavior in your life. Let me say this one more time. Your ability to consistently feel these kind of emotions isn't the result of other people's behavior as much as the condition of your heart. In other words, if you came from a home where you never felt appreciated, you never felt secure, you never felt valued, it doesn't matter how much your spouse, it doesn't matter how much your boss, it doesn't matter how much your coworkers, it doesn't matter how much your classmates do for you, it's very hard for you to maintain a sense of appreciation, security, or value, or whatever you're longing for in your heart. Now, you may feel it for a little while, but it's like you have this default emotion, this attachment in your heart that you go back to. One minute you're secure, one minute you feel valued, one minute you feel appreciated, the next you're insecure. You don't feel appreciated, you don't feel valued, and that person has changed nothing they're doing. Because no matter what the other person does, when you have unhealthy attachments, emotional attachments in your heart that you've made agreement with, it's never enough, never enough, never, ever, ever, ever enough. And here's why that is so true. Because the condition of our relationships has a mu as much to do with the health of our hearts as it does the behavior of others. And at this point, most all of you who came in the building with somebody, you should look at them and apologize for the way you have demanded for them to treat you. Don't do that right now. We got to get through this sermon, right? <laughs> and this is why Solomon says, listen, above all else, you need to guard your heart. Your job is not to guard somebody else's heart or monitor somebody else's behavior. Don't miss why this is so important. Last part of the verse, he says, listen, above all else, guard your heart. Here's why. For it is the wellspring. Your heart is the wellspring. The quality of your life is based upon your heart, not what they do. And that's what Jesus said in Matthew 15, 18 and 19. He says, everything you say, everything you do, every reaction you have when you get bumped into, it's a reflection of what's in you not what somebody did to you. That's why two people can be in the same conversation and walk away with completely different perspectives. And see, that's what he, Solomon is saying. He's saying, listen, your heart, it's the wellspring of your life. That means your relationships are a reflection of what is in your heart. So if our heart is not in good shape, it's gonna be impossible to have great relationships. And that is especially true in marriage or any other close relationship that you have. See, what's in you, it's gonna come out of you regardless of who's around you and what relationship you have. See, what's in you is gonna come out of you no matter if you change spouses or if you change jobs or if you change schools or if you change neighborhoods. Like, you might be able to keep it under control for a little bit. Like, you can change the names, you can change the faces, but what's in you is eventually gonna start coming out of you again. 
That's why it's so important for you to learn to guard, to monitor, to protect what you allow to attach to your heart. So here's a question. How do you guard? How do you monitor your hearts? Like when you get bumped relationally and you feel some of these emotions start coming to the surface, well, what do you do? Here's what you do. You need to take some time to unpack what you are feeling. Quit monitoring what they are doing. Unpack what you're feeling. Now, here's why this is so important. For most of us, when we get bumped relationship, relationally, there is emotion. And we do one or two things. We either clam up and go silent and blame that on other people for this wall in our relationship. Or when we get bumped relationally, there's these emotions that spill out. And sometimes we even just like, we explode, right? <laughs> Welcome to the front row, right? <laughs> Do you see all these people ducking and diving? That's what everybody does in your relationships at home. It's what everybody does at work when your emotions start coming out. Man, that really felt good. Let me try that again. No, I'm just... <laughs> But see, that's what we do. It's like, oh, man, this just feels so good. I mean, we just throw that stuff out. It's like, man, we, and it just makes so much sense to us in that moment. But neither of those approaches are right. I mean, clamming up or exploding. So the first step to guard your heart is you, is you need to pay attention to what's going on inside of you. Figure out, here's what you gotta do. You gotta figure out what attachments that you have made with unhealthy emotions in your heart. See, the next time you hit a bump relationally, you need to take some time to unpack what you are feeling because it is reflection of your heart. See, you need to do this before you confront that person, before you try to speak, before you try to address that bump. I mean, you need to identify specifically what the emotion is that is welling up inside of you. And by the way, that person did not cause that emotion. Because the emotion is just revealing the unhealthy attachments that you have created and you are living in agreement in. And therefore, you're allowing them to guide your heart. Now, typically, unpacking what you're feeling is a lot harder for us men than women. See, as men, when it comes to negative emotions, right? And people go, hey, what are you feeling? We usually have one or two responses. I'm frustrated or I'm mad. You know, my wife goes, what's wrong? I'm just frustrated. What's the matter? I'm just mad. But guys, let me just go ahead and tell you. There are a few more emotions than that, and you should research it and Google to figure out what all the emotions are that you could have. So you need to start working on unpacking your feelings. Like you need to specifically identify what emotion am I feeling? And then you need to name that emotion. Now, here's why this is so important. You need to name that emotion, write it down, say it out loud. You don't need to say it to anybody else. Just say them to yourself and to God. Say, God, I invite you into this emotion. Because when you invite God into these attachments that you've made in your heart, as we're gonna see in about week three, man, it is dangerous beyond measure because God then shows us how far it is from who he is and what he's designed for our lives. See, you need to say it out loud. You need to open up and name it. Here's why. Because here's the thing. Thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through the lips and the fingertips. Don't miss this. 
As long as these emotions are kept secret, they just become this wad of emotion and they have incredible power over you as long as they are this wad of emotion. When, you, when they are unnamed, they are driving everything about you, everything that you do and everything you say. But the minute you drag them into the light and you surrender them to Jesus and you invite Jesus into them, they lose power over you. And over time, what will happen, they will continue to lose your, their power over you because as you identify them through the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells you, then the Holy Spirit will reach inside of you and help you remove these unhealthy attachments from your heart. And and you'll find healing and rest for your soul. Now, let me just say, if you find yourself not wanting to address these emotions out, emotions out loud or write them on a piece of paper, it's just a sign that you don't want to lose your excuse for why you're staying attached or living in agreement with all these unhealthy emotions. And the reason we want to stay attached and live in agreement with all these unhealthy emotions is because as long as I don't bring it to the light as it's my problem, then I can blame them for everything. But if I say what I'm feeling, I have to say, oh, I got a heart issue. Now, here's what I know. Naturally, none of us None of us want to bring our emotions to the light. We don't want to disentangle them. We like that wad of emotion because it gives us the power to reach deep and just blast those people. See, we would so much rather point out, pay attention to other people's behavior. It is so much easier to point out what other people are doing than to deal with my own stuff. So would you start paying to what's going on inside of you? Would you identify what those emotions are that are rattling around in your heart? Would you name them? And would you discover what attachments that you've made in your heart? Like, whether you're single or whether you're married, would you start doing this, whether you're a student or adult? And I'm just telling you, it is really easy when you're a student, it's really easy when you're single to ignore what's rattling around in your heart. But would you take the time to start dealing with some of that stuff so that when you meet the love of your life or when you get that first job or when you go to that new school or when you move into that new neighborhood, then you'll have a healthier heart and you'll have healthier relationships and you'll avoid some of all the relational chaos that many people are living with who didn't do that. Please don't forget what Jesus says. The condition of our relationships has as much to do with the health of our hearts as it does the behavior of others. So do what Solomon said. He says, above all else, man, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Listen, I can promise you that what's in you will come out of you regardless of who you're with. You can have coworkers come and go. You're still gonna have the same problem with the same coworkers. You can have spouse after spouse after spouse. You're still gonna end up with the same problem because wherever you are, there your heart is. Changing names, faces, jobs, schools, it's not gonna fix that. So pay attention to what's in your heart. It will keep your relationships from driving you crazy because what's driving you crazy in your relationships is not the other people. 
It's the junk, the unhealthy emotions that you have made attachment with and are now living in agreement with that are driving you crazy. On your seat today, there was, a, there was a card that we put on there and it's a sample prayer for breaking unhealthy emotional attachments. And here's the thing, as you identify those ungodly, unhealthy attachments that you have made in your heart and now you're living in agreement with, because see, when you, here's the thing, I'm not gonna give that away. That's, that's too good for next week. We'll come back next week. But here's the deal. Whatever your attachment is, let, let's just say it's hatred or codependency or jealousy or insecurity or perfectionism or unrealistic expectation or selfish ambition. Well, whatever that attachment is, as you identify it, use this prayer as a model prayer to guide and guard your heart, to begin to remove these attachments from your heart. Jesus will help you do that if you invite him into it. Because I'm gonna tell you, when you start inviting Jesus into these unhealthy attachments, all of a sudden you understand how sinful they are and how much they're destroying you, your relationships, and your life. Above all else, Guard your heart because it is the wellspring of your life. And it does determine the health of all your relationships. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this incredible opportunity just to pause and spend these next four weeks diving into what our Lord, our King Jesus, and our Savior, who loves us so dearly, says about to find how we can find healing and hope. God, all of us, we've lived this, we've done this. And I just pray right now that your Holy Spirit will come and just do what only you can do as we open up our hearts to you and we surrender to you and say, Jesus, come in to my emotions. Reveal what is earthy, unspiritual, even demonic. Rid my soul of it. And we walk in agreement with you, learning the unforced rhythms of grace. Over these next three weeks, we, we want that from you. And thank you that you'll help us do that. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen. Hey, thanks everyone for being here. Can't wait to share next week. For the next three weeks, we're gonna give you a solution to how to make all this work. Have a great week.